thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to come on today. This is uh, you're you're coming on from the show Indian Matchmaking, and as you know, you're very uh, ambitious, courageous, determined, and you are an icon to you know people looking up to you in that space, and especially trying to find love and to find relationship and like you know finding like the right partner and the right spouse. Uh, feel free to introduce yourself. Thank you. Sure. Thank you for having me among. I'm so excited. So I'm Sheetal. I'm from season two of Indian Matchmaking. And I am so excited to come on and, you know, share a little bit about myself and my journey and hopefully get into some fun questions and different things that people may not know about me. Hey. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for being on the show. So I know you are from New York City and um, like you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're from there. So how is it like living the New Yorker lifestyle and then going into Indian matchmaking? I don't know if uh, a lot of people have asked you that, but I'm sure it's a transition, right? Because you also have your regular job and then you have this new opportunity. How did you kind of deal with um, like the transition? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I'm a Jersey girl. At heart. So I grew up in New Jersey, uh, but I've, I've lived gotcha. in New York for most of my adult life. And, ah, okay. um, you know, I when I when I got the opportunity for Indian matchmaking, I had already been through, I would say probably over 10 years of, of dating in New York City, you know, and, and that in itself is a beast. And I, I always talk about that and how difficult it is. I'm not sure if you, if you mainly mm -hmm. date New Jersey, but New York is just like everywhere. It, it's just like, you know, a whole, whole different ball game and, and just so many personalities and different things. So being in New York, you know, I, I was exposed to a lot of different people coming from different backgrounds. You know, it was entertainment, art, um, you know, the finance world. So I don't, I, I would say my transition to actually get on the show and, and being on the show wasn't, um, you know, it was pretty smooth for me, I would say. I, and I think overall, um, I had a really good experience with the show. Awesome. Awesome. And was it like, uh, was it like, uh, like how, when you got casted and stuff, was it, uh, kind of like you got casted in like a few months or was it, was it like a long process? Yeah. So the, 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 um, interestingly enough, um, you know, I, so I had done another show uh, called in a man's world for Bravo a few years ago. And so I had kept in touch with those producers and then Netflix, uh, this project actually didn't get greenlit, but in 2021, Netflix was working on another Indian dating show, not, not season two of Indian matchmaking, but another show, uh, brand new show. And so they, um, you know, had reached out to me for that opportunity and then that project never got greenlit. And so, you know, I think um, I I was auditioning or, you know, doing the Zoom interviews right. for maybe about a month or a month and a half. And then, um, you know, I didn't hear anything. And then they reached back out to me because I was really at a point where I was like, I, I want to meet someone. And, you know, I just thought it would be fun to to do it on yeah. camera. Like I was yeah. like, it'd be fun. So then... Uh, a month later, I think they reached back out to me and they were like, well, we, you know, now we're casting for season two of, of a different Indian dating show. And even then it didn't click with me that it was Indian matchmaking. Um, so I just kind of went through the process and, you know, I was myself and I went through maybe two months or so of just different Zoom interviews and kind of going back and forth with the producers. Uh, so I'd say like it was probably like a four month process. Yeah, because, you know, your character on the show and in real life, I mean, I feel like it's still the same, you know, yeah. I feel like baseline, you're still very well put together, you're still big on fitness, you're big on faith, you're big in spirituality, and that resonates well with me because I feel like those are the qualities of a woman 
that also I would respect and I also would always like could connect with, right? Like when, when it comes to spirituality, because you, you also want to see like your relationship with religion, relationship with God. How would you say that like in your dating lifestyle, how did you go through all these different um, battles and stuff? Because it's interesting, right? You see a lot of different backgrounds and diversity and you know different kinds of people definitely i mean you know truth be told uh so i'm i'm 39 and i've been dating for a long time and i've had you know a, a string of failed relationships and so you, know, you you always learn things from them um maybe you don't think so when you're actually going through it but i i think i've, I've met people from so many different backgrounds um you know and just no one's experience is the same even if you think like oh i'm i you know i met somebody that like i'm gujarati i met somebody that's gujarati they grew up in Jersey, just like me, but everyone has their own unique experiences. And I think, um, I would say if I, you know, just being honest with myself, I, I probably, uh, for a majority of my, my dating history, you know, I was so focused on this list, right? So you, you, you write down like, okay, you know, you have your physical things that you like. And then I, I always wrote that I wanted a deep connection with someone. I wrote, you know, that I wanted someone that was spiritual, but I don't think I actually really, you know, delayered that and tried to figure out what that actually meant. Um, so I was always attracting people that, you know, I wouldn't have those, um, like maybe the physical attributes were there, but the, you know, like the connection or the spirituality and all of that wasn't exactly aligned, um, you know, the emotional connection, all of that. And so when I was doing the show, I think what it really taught me was, and, and that's, it's not even really, I'm not going to give Seema and D credit for that, but I, I'm going to give myself credit for that was, you know, you go through the list and what you guys see is like, okay, this criteria of things that, you know, each person is looking for. And for me, like that really helped me to break down, like, what is it that I am actually looking for, you know? And I am, I, you know, I was looking for a partnership. I was looking for um, something that was more equal. And then, you know, in terms of like, one of the things that I had written down that they really focused on was like, I wrote, I'm, I want somebody that skydives. But what I really meant by that was I want someone that, you know, we'll share in, in unique different experiences with me, you know, and, and go on adventures and travel. And so I think it, it helped me to break down what I actually was really looking for. Um, so I don't think, you know, throughout my dating history, I don't think I knew what I, what I really wanted. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's interesting too, because like, even right now I'm in my late 20, 20s, 20s, uh -huh. and uh, I have no idea what the heck I want. I've been through so many different States, dating so many different women, and I've had really good like experiences like no hate to anyone mm -hmm. but uh i think like it's always like it always comes down to like something like emotionally not connecting or physically not connecting or if there's just timing or it's that compromise of moving away somewhere not moving somewhere um you know i either maybe agreeing with like religions so like how like you know do you feel like this show has like i guess taught you in a way how to like i guess let go of certain things not everything is like a hundred percent on the checklist yeah almost. and and i would say not even like the the show is great and you know i know uh in general you know, yeah near kind of got into this too a little bit but i i've learned so much from him you know and in terms of like okay you you have your checklist you meet somebody and and they could fit you know all the all the little boxes and things that you're looking for but when you in order to actually sustain and maintain that relationship, it is, I would just say like that, that part is, is a lot more um, involved and, and, you know, it, it, it's hard. It's, it's really hard sometimes. And so I think you, in order to navigate that, you really have to, you have to know yourself and you have to be really honest with yourself. And I think right. 
you know, at that point, then you can, then you can be in, in, in a, in a successful relationship. But that I, I would say the list is just kind of the beginning of, of starting, you know, when you're, when you're starting to date somebody, that's just, that's just the beginning. You really have to find a way to, to kind of deconstruct what you're actually, actually meaning by whatever you're saying on that list. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's even harder when you're on a show because like when you're on a show, you could be saying stuff when the cameras are on, but when the cameras are off, you know, there's just a lot of other stuff that goes into play. Like, you know, oh my God, I, I like ice cream, but like, oh my God, I like cheese. But then like behind the scenes, there's so many other things you have yeah. to, you know, figure out. So definitely, um, definitely. I think, I think sustaining a relationship, they, uh, Neeraj and I talk about this, like we, they should do a show on how to, how to keep a, keep a relationship. Cause that, <laughs> that's, re that's really where the, the work comes in. And then that's also where, you know, a lot of the things that you sort of like, you know, like if you, if you want somebody that's like from your same religion or you want somebody that, um, you know, maybe likes the similar things that you do, all of those things do come into play in the actual relationship because, you know, sometimes people can't like fundamentally work through those things, you know, if, if there's yeah such big differences, I guess. No, definitely. I, I, I think there's like so much to uh, uncover. And like, for me, I personally have, um, when I really like someone, I feel like, and I'm going on a date and like, I'm really anxious. It's one of those things I need to like take a few, few, few breaths, but the date sucks anyways. Cause uh -huh. you know, it's just, I'm, I royally mess it up. Like, I'm just like, like, you know, just dropping drinks and stuff. But now I think I've gotten a better visual of maybe let's take things a little slower. And this is what I learned in my late twenties, mm -hmm. but in my mid, mid twenties, I was just like super hyperactive and so excited but then it's like scares the person away because you like them so much that, you know, you're willing to just go crazy. And then that's not how it works because it can clearly scare the other person. Mm -hmm. So I just my point is like I used to have a lot of anxiety, like with some of this, these dating experiences. Yeah, it's really I, hard. I, I, I was there. You know, I, I had so much anxiety, especially as a woman, because, you know, once oh, yeah. you, I, I mean, I grew up in a, a pretty conservative Gujarati family, like my grandmother lived with us. So you know, like starting at like 15, it's like, oh, you know, you, you make sure that you're married by like 23 and, you know, like that's yeah. your life starts and all these things. Right. So you ha I had all these things in my head. And so when I started dating um, more seriously in my 20s, like when I moved to New York, I always put I had anxiety, but I also put so much freaking pressure on every single date because I was like, oh, this is the end all be all and it has to work. And, you know, and I think when you get into um, especially like a lot of women will DM me now. And they're like, you know, how, how do you reduce that anxiety or how do you stay calm when you're going into a situation? And if if I could do it over again, you know, I, I would just say like, because I did this with Neeraj when we when we started talking, um, you know, of course, I like I was attracted to him and I thought he was a great person. Um, but I we, we didn't really we didn't meet until two months in. So we really became friends. And as cliche as that sounds, like, I think if you can go into interaction and not even make it an interview but it's like maybe do like a, a mock date with your friend right so when you're when you're sitting across from a friend you know you're open and you're free and you can you can kind of say what you want and you're not sitting there thinking like is this going to be the person I marry or you know is every single thing about them right and do I need to know every single thing about them that matches my checklist right in this moment um and and I think if you can kind of treat it like okay this is a new person I'm meeting it's a friend 
and you treat it that way and you go into it, um, I think you'll have a different a, a different outcome, but I also think you'll have a different experience. Um, and that doesn't mean like, oh, it's guaranteed it's going to work out, but it, it helps you to stay a little more curious and start asking a little, some more questions versus like, you know, I, I know friends that have gone on dates and I've done it too, where it's like, do you want to have kids? Like <laughs> for something serious? And it's like, date one, like chill, you know? And, and I've, had yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I've had that done to me too. So it's, it, if you treat the interaction, like, okay, this is, and, and I, I'm a, like, I take acting classes and I'm all about like role play, like do it with a friend before you, <laughs> with that you're com- a girlfriend that you're comfortable with before you actually go on the date and that it'll calm your nerves. I mean, it will. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. But um, also I want to say like a devil's advocate to that. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys are afraid of the friend zone. So yeah. How do you, like you said, you like Nuraj hit the sweet spot. He was your friend, but he ended up being your partner. So how do you, how do you hit that zone without being friend zone? You know, um, did, yeah, did he have a swag or something or did, a charisma? Did. Like you know, I mean, I really thought at a certain because I mean he has swag. He he definitely has a lot of swag, but yeah, he's not sure. the typical guy that like I dated in the city, right? So like when I would go out on dates in the city, like automatically it's like you go out, you know, they're like whining and dining and they're like oh you're so beautiful and like it's like you know and some guys are like you know aggressive like they'll be like ready to like make out on the yeah. room, which I'm not against like oh, that's fine I've done it but uh with her <laughs> like I I couldn't I don't know I couldn't really tell so I didn't put him in the friend zone just because I was attracted to him um even though I hadn't met him but uh he at a certain point you know before we met he needed some help with Instagram reels and I really thought like he was just friends with me and he just wanted me to be like his social media manager. Like you know, <laughs> there, there's a, there a fine line. I mean, don't stretch yeah. it out two months, like, like what we did, but um, you know, I, I would say, I don't think you're, I don't think you're going to be friend zoned in date one. I think if you, if you go in and you know, like, I think, I, I don't think that you can be friend zoned in, in date one. I think if you go in and treat this as just like a chill interaction, um, you'd be surprised. I, and I think girls appreciate that. No, no, that's good. And it's it's good to know that, you know, it's not always just going to be like them ending in the friend zone. Sometimes you have to play your cards right. But I guess you're trying to say is like, give it enough time for like the seeds to be planted and then let that go. So on that note, I want to say like one of my favorite quotes. Okay. Don't, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant by Robert Louis Stevenson. So, yeah. So like, you know, just, like let things just grow on their own naturally mm-hmm. organically like a plant and then let it just kind of fester yeah. up and you know do its thing so on and that just, note just to your point i just want to say something to sure. you that quote applies not only in the beginning stages but that applies when you're sure. actually in the relationship too because even when you're you know it's like we as South Asians, we feel so much pressure in so many different ways, you know? And so it's like, even when you're in the relationship, like, it's like, okay, now I found the person. And then it's like, what's the next step? What's the next step? But it's like what you said, you have to plant those seeds and, and grow together and have fun. And, you know, and it doesn't mean you don't have the, you, I mean, you should have the common goal if you want to get married or whatever it is, but I really like that quote. And I think it applies even when you're in the actual relationship. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time because I always feel like it can be applied to anything in life, even yeah. working out, which I'm like a fitness junkie on. And yeah, uh, just... I love, I know I want to get into that. I I saw your your lifting videos. I was like, I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. An Indian dude. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, you know, I as growing up, I kind of like was always a little bit on the heavier side. Same, but same. I. 
Yeah, so like just it was like a 15 year battle actually, uh-huh. and recently the last three four years I lost like 12 percent body fat uh-huh. in, oh, that's in general. Crazy. I yeah, it was. My, um, I did my in body today, and I'm like, you know, sometimes the scale doesn't even matter. It's just uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta continue to lift because I stopped lifting. I, I was so like good, not good, but I was so on it yeah. during the show, and then the last three months I'm kind of just like oh, I'm in love and I'm. <laughs> Yeah, and, and lifting gets you cut too. I like you see marks and dents like you've never seen before when you lift. So yeah, it's, um, it's cool. It's cool. And I didn't know that because I I used to do cardio growing up so much all the time, like hours on end. Just doesn't work. <laughs> nope, doesn't work. And then I started CrossFit, and then next mm-hmm. thing you know, I'm lifting all these kettlebells and long barbells, all these different places, launching it over my head, doing the uh-huh. Murph for the veterans in the army. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I just saw so many, so much progress and it changed my life. And, um, now like I'm just more into jump roping and I try to hit like two steps. So I try to double jump in one, one go. Yeah, so that, great. yeah. But aside from that, it, I think it's one of those things where like it really af- helps aids my mental health mm-hmm. and I do it every day religiously. So like I can be in like the number one step or number one, like, like number one feeling of myself like I can be like my a1 self so I think that really plays a role into it and you know just growing up I I always played sports and stuff but I never could get rid of that like you know just that that body fat percentage so I kind of just forced myself to kind of you know work out really hard and mm-hmm. my parents actually um you know like you know Indian parents and stuff in general have diabetes a lot yeah so like sugar, glucose, also, I didn't want to be in that situation. So, you know, I kind of changed my life around for the better. Good. I'm so, I'm so proud of you. Yes. I, I can relate to that so much um, growing up because, and that's the other thing. It's like when you're, I know many people deal with this, but like, especially when you're Indian, it's really yeah. tough. Like, cause you're always around family and you're going to functions and things and they just, that's like the first thing that they'll comment on. And it, it, it's very defeating for, for a young person. It's very disheartening. I mean, um, even right now, like just because I'm fit doesn't I don't even get a grace period because I'm 29. Right. So yeah. it's like, wow, you're 29. You're not married yet or you don't even mm-hmm. have a girlfriend or you're not getting engaged. And I'm like, damn, haters. <laughs> yeah, you're going to you're going to get that. And even, you know, as as much as I say, like, OK, of course, like I think women, South Asian women get a lot of that. But I think it, it, yeah. it goes both ways. Guys get it, too. Yeah, guys, guys get it really bad, like pretty badly too, because everyone says like, oh, you know, you have, you have time, you're a guy, but also like, you know, it's hard to find someone that's on that same wavelength as you, no matter any age. It could be, it could be a girl that's 22, 24, 29, 30, but if they're not on that same maturity level or vice versa, if the guy's not on the same maturity level as the woman, it's just never gonna work out. So I think people are missing the ball. Like it's not about a number numbers game. It's more so about the relationship molding itself and yeah, becoming absolutely. a good relationship. So, I mean, you're telling me I'm 39. So yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, forget me. You're the wiser one. No, <laughs> I'm saying I, I waited a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. But I love your maturity on the show. I think you're very growth focused and I feel like you waiting so long and taking your time with everything is like the reason it paid off and you found mm-hmm. someone amazing like Neeraj because um, I think not a lot of people can do what you can and they look up to that. And I think you're kind of like a, almost like a guide for them if they're like in your shoes, you know? So yeah, thanks. Absolutely. And it's not, I mean, I wish I could, I, I wish I could find a way to even document what I've been through, but it is, 
you know, it's, it's challenging. And so I'm glad that I was able to share that at least on the show. And, and I'm glad that they captured it, you know, authentically, because sometimes, you know, with edits and things, it it may not come off that way. But I, I think it's great that people can see like, it's, it's hard as fuck, but it's seriously like you can just keep in, you know, if you keep going, it'll, it'll eventually, it'll lead you to where you're meant to be. You know, there's no guarantee that you'll meet someone. I I didn't, I didn't feel that way. I I knew I would meet, you know, my soulmate eventually. I just didn't know how or when, you know, so, but there's, there's just no guarantee. So I I just, you just continue to focus on yourself. That's it. Right. And did you like after, right after that, like when you, right after you cast the show and you saw the social media coming your way how did you overcome it as an obstacle was that something that you kind of saw like all this attention being thrown your way and then you were like wow like you know like how do I how did you deal with that because it's it's a lot from what I what I hear you know yeah I mean look I'll be honest with you um you know I I know there have been other cast members that have dealt with a lot that of negativity um you know even in the even in the second season um but I guess I've been in I, I mean with the exception of like some things on Twitter, uh, I guess I've been pretty lucky in the sense that like, you know, a lot of the messages that I've got gotten are, have been really positive, you know, and it's, uh, it's more like, you know, this is inspiration this is hopeful, or it's like, I need some advice. Um, but I, it's over, it was overwhelming. I think the first couple of weeks, uh, because you start to feel like I'm not an expert, like, should I be giving advice, you know, kind of things like that. But I'm like, okay, if I can help someone, you know, that was really, that's just, that's been my goal. I don't know how I'm going to channel that, but that's always been a goal of mine is to, you know, help women in some way, um, just with everything that I've been through personally. So I don't, um, I I think it was a little overwhelming, but I think um, I've just been lucky in that sense where it's been, it's been pretty positive. Yeah, I think you handled it very well because I think all your posts are still 100% you. Mm-hmm. It seems like you're not like going around just oh, like you know, just talking about your life constantly. I feel like you're you're doing things with your life, which is like good. It's not like you're dwelling on the past, you're just kind of moving forward and it's nice to see that growth in a character or I mean not yeah. character, a person. Oh, uh, I relate to you as like the character. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So. It's fine. But I think that's the, you know, that's kind of what you like what you I'm a type a overachiever so I think that's what I struggle with sometimes because I'm like okay I had this platform oh my god yeah tell my story and and I I loved it and it was a great experience but then you're like okay well what's next what am I going to do with this you know how am I going to channel all of these things you know these great things that have come out of it how how can I you know help people but then you also want to I mean I I support myself like I also want to build a career out of that you know it's like Right, right, right. It's almost like you're using your platform to help others, but then also help your own brand too at the same time, because you you need that because then your voice can carry over to other people and new people too, right? And not only South Asian space, but other other races and stuff too. Exactly. And I think as women, um, at least for me, I I don't, um, I didn't grow up with like my dad sort of like handled like we never really learned about finances and things like that so i think you know it's really important um as a woman in any any culture just to have that ind- financial independence so if you can you know build a business build yourself up and and do that and hustle i i, I think that's that having that freedom for yourself is priceless yeah i totally agree with that and i think having that grand hustle is definitely uh 
like inspirational because it's it's hard to have it you know it's just hustle yeah. is one thing but to like everyday grind post these videos post something new have reels you know i know it's, I'm, it's, li uh, I'm lagging on that but hopefully i'll find my voice eventually but yeah yeah i give a lot so much credit to these um content creators you know the gen zers they're just <laughs> and i think it's like it it's just incredible to see that because it's a lot of work um more work than i i anticipated <laughs> I can't imagine people like like my people, my brother's age, my brother's 16 in high school, uh -huh. and they have uh, people that are around their age that are doing TikToks like constantly, and they, uh -huh. they're blowing up. But I mean, being like a young person mm -hmm. just doing TikToks like every five minutes is, yeah, it's it's overwhelming, you know, like they're not used to that kind of lifestyle. So, you no, know, but, but I think it's cool, I guess, just kind of thinking about that generation and TikTok, you know, I, I think it's it's important and cool to understand that you know, it, for them, it's a way to express themselves. Like they can, they're free to literally express themselves however they want. And oh, yeah. you know, we, did, we didn't have that growing up. I mean, our parents dictated everything we did, like activities, you know, like even to the point of like, we weren't allowed to date. And there were so many things that, that we were closed off from and, and we weren't, we didn't have that freedom of expression, at least in, I didn't. Um, so I think it's, it's amazing that, you know, that generation can, literally you know if they're feeling sad they can make a video if they're if they have anxiety they have a resource to go I, and i know social media can cause it too but i i think um even you know i've scrolled on tiktok there's a lot of creators that are that are putting out really good content that's that's helpful you know in the mental health space no and i think we have to look at social media differently like i'll be the first advocate of it i think having social media like too much of it like I can see it from your standpoint and like my own is like, it can be toxic, but for some of these people who actually do look up to some of these creators every day, they're also the future, future generation of creators are coming in and they're going to probably just pop off. And also we're probably going to try to, you know, learn from them as well, whether it's TikTok, whether it's the next big app, whether it's meta um, mm -hmm. or just different virtual reality, like just in general, you know? So I think it's yeah. going to be a very interesting time, especially for South Asians next year, 2023. So, I think because you know, we have so many more, so many more. Holy crap. So, yeah, but, um, it's going to be a exciting year. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I know you were on a show and like, she thought, I know you were on a show and it's where you pretend to be a man. And it was like yeah. a social experiment. This is yeah. supposed to be my intro, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't work out. let's get into it. Let's get into it. No, I, I'm it. so, I know it sounds crazy when people are like, wait, what? Um, but it, I'm so proud of that project. So I did that, uh, I think it was 2016 or maybe was it 2016? Yeah, 2016, I think when that show came out. Um, but the premise of it, it was a show on Bravo. It was a mini series and there were four different stories. I was one of the stories. And so the premise of that show was to, um, you know, show gender bias in different situations. And me coming from a South Asian background, you know, my, my parents have evolved since then. But at the time, I noticed that they were treating my male cousins or like even male friends, they were treating them differently. So like when we would go to when we would go to events or they would meet them, they would, you know, take an interest in their work and their accomplishments and different things that they were doing. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, um, you know, you're single and you're not married and and so you have no value. But I felt like for me, it was like, because I was unattached and, you know, my sisters were like in relationships and my middle sister had already gotten married. Uh, they would, they didn't care that I was, you know, kicking ass at work and I had, you know, multiple promotions. I started from the bottom, like none of that mattered to them. It was more so they valued me by my marital status. And so because I was single and 
no, you know, prospects in sight, yeah. my, my value in their eyes automatically went down. So they weren't understanding that. And so through this experiment, you know, I, oh, wow. I, I wore prosthetics and I turned into this character. It's funny, like my, the character's name is Raj and I'm now dating Neeraj who goes by Raj. But, <laughs> so Raj I, uh, I think I was trying to channel Shah Rukh Khan actually, but anyway, SRK. So, <laughs> so I, is it today? Is this really? No, it was like yesterday or day before. Oh, okay, okay. I should have done, yeah, yeah. done a tribute post to him. So yeah. anyway, I, I put on full prosthetics and I we did a social experiment where I went into this lunch um, with my entire family. It was like my parents, like my mommy, like my aunts, like a bunch of different people, cousins. My grandparents were there too. And so I went in as this Raj character and you could see my dad automatically gravitate towards him and just, you know, talk to him. My dad's really into trading and like the stock market and all that stuff. So he was talking to him and having this intellectual conversation about like just different, you know, finance related things. And then we did another, then we did a lunch where it was, it was my birthday. So we did a birthday lunch with me and you could see my, my, my dad was just ignoring me and like, you know, talking to my, my uncle that was there and he didn't ask me anything about work or any of that stuff, you know? So it was like, you could see like the two situations were very extreme. And so when, when they were played back to my parents, you know, it really hit them that they, they weren't really valuing me for me. And, um, you know, and and so it was very eye opening for all of us. And from that experience, you know, I learned that my dad just didn't like many South Asian dads, right. He just didn't grow up in an environment where it was even okay to ask your daughter these things, you know, and the focus was placed so much on marriage. Um, so we got a lot of closer from that experience. And I think, um, you know, I, I got some great messages from that show as well, where it was like a lot of women that were going through that with their parents, they're like, how do we navigate this? You know, how do we set boundaries where they're not so focused on just the marital aspect? You know, you, you really have to learn to set boundaries with your, your family and your parents, because that also affects your mental health, right? When you're, when you're, when you're constantly being put down and devalued because you're not with someone. Yeah. And, and, you know, like every year in every year gets harder and harder as you're single and you see people in your, your life, everyone kind of moving forward. And like, I'm sure you're, you're moving, we're moving forward in every way too, as human beings, but it's sometimes so hard to kind of just be constantly compared to other people just cause you don't have a, you know, a partner or mm-hmm. somebody like that next to you. So I, I commend you for even doing that, but was it also different from just being a guy and, and stuff? And in that show, did you feel like any different? as opposed to being a, like, you know, just. That's a a really, really good question. And so, and, and, and I had to look internally for this too, because I, I sort of the experience made me realize that maybe I wasn't as confident, but when I was this Raj character as a guy, we did like a quick fire, like experiment where, um, Metuchen in in New Jersey, it's like a, a, like a small town. So I went to the downtown area and, I met up with my cousin and my sister. They were doing a cake tasting for her wedding. And so they didn't know it was me. So I went and walked in to see if I could actually pull it off. And so, you know, as I was walking down the street, like I just felt like so much more confident and, you know, because I was a guy and then I wasn't like, no, no, I wasn't really worried about like people like haggling me or like saying things. Like I just felt like so confident in myself. And I walked into that situation super, super confident. Um, whereas if, if I were going into that situation as me, I would kind of be like, you know, what are they thinking? Cause we're cake tasting for her wedding and I'm not married or like, there were so many things that I had to 
kind of delayer for myself, but I felt a lot more confident in my male alter ego than I had as myself. It's interesting because uh, I, it's, it relates because I had a couple of friends, uh, they're all females and they dressed up as guys for Halloween uh-huh. and the amount of game they slayed and pulled, I was like shocked because uh-huh. it was like the, the amount of like girls that they got and they had no, the girls had no idea they actually were girls instead of guys was like unfathomable and I lost a bet too. So there, there goes to show, I feel like women um, have a very good sense of uh, being confident deep down. It's just, you have to bring it out, but that's sick because, you know, I've never seen that before. And I'm sure it was a confidence booster for you too. Like, Hey, if I could do this as a guy, I can definitely do this as Chito Patel, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, that being said, what is your take on your Instagram handle, the real Shito Patel. Why are you the real Shito Patel? Like, there's a. a- <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you a funny story. So, um, in high school, my nickname was Shitty P. It was Shitty, like S H I T T Y. Oh, Shitty P. Yeah. Like you know, they, people always made fun of me because I had I have shit. High school was a rough time. Yeah. Yeah, it's like S I S H I T whatever. So, but even my my good close friends, they always called me Shitty. Even in college, they called me Shitty. So that was my name. What? <laughs> I know it's so funny and and I I owned it but um I realized like you know it's kind of like a little like they're making fun of me but whatever so my Instagram handle was shitty p for so long um and then a few years ago I was like you know why don't I just change it to my name like why am I perpetuating this right so I tried to get Sheetal Patel and they didn't have that so I just put in popped in the real Sheetal Patel and there are millions of Sheetal Patels so I consider myself the the realist of them all so I'm the realist <laughs> the realist um so that that's how that that came about no that's awesome i love that story and it's a, it is a good twist to it too because it always reminds you of like how your high school self and like how you became like the realist and the baddest out of all of them so yeah it's really cool to know that um do you have any other plans for you like moving forward after the show um as far as like you know just relationship or like in in general like just you know, growing as a person, do you guys have any new projects coming under the way? Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll be on season three. So that'll, that's, Hey, something. let's go season three. Yeah. So that'll be next year. And then I think in, in terms of, you know, personal growth, um, I really want to start exploring how I can actually turn the advice that I'm giving right now to, you know, countless women, um, who are struggling with finding love and kind of help them find love, but also, work on self-concept, which is, you know, your personal self-confidence, that's what it starts with. And then to take it an even uh, step even further, learn how to actually keep the relationship and stay in the relationship and, ma- you know, make it successful because that's, that's the hope, right? When you, when you get into something with someone, you know, you're not like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm dating this person and I hope that we get divorced, you know, in five years, like that, yeah, you know, your, exactly. your, your intention is I want a successful partnership with this person. That's, that's, you know, you're building something together. So I did not know, um, cause I've never been in a relationship where one, you know, I'm with my soulmate and in a relationship that is, we're just so connected, you know, and growing together on so many levels. And I, I want to take what I've learned from that and, and share that with people of, of how you can actually, you know, sustain that over time. 
Yeah, no, I, and I would definitely learn from it too. Like I would definitely come for you for you to advice and just yeah. come after hours and be like, hey, what do you think of this? Because I could really use your opinion too and I want to do it you, right. Like you can, you can message me anytime you want. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd really appreciate it because uh, for me, I'm just trying to find the one too. And it's I think it's really hard because like when you take so much advice from your friends and stuff and they're all in like this weird phase of marriage, I feel like they all mean to give you good advice, but sometimes it can come off too much is not good you know what i mean like yeah. too much advice from everyone is too like way too much like sometimes like maybe you're doing this wrong or i don't know so it could like mess up the whole exactly like, you know flow of the new relationship and exactly and i think the the questions that i get that i you know i sort of let me think about how i'm going to phrase this so i get a lot of questions sure. of like you know, you, you, people, so like, so I was ghosted or like, how do you, you know, cause people do that a lot nowadays or, um, you know, should I, should I be the one that texts first or should I, you know, do this? And I just genuinely, I'm just, I don't want to play games. Like, I don't know. I just, I was never, yeah. I, always, you know, I always wore my heart on my sleeve and I never really thought like that. I was never like, Oh, and maybe it scared people off or, you know, whatever, but they're not the right person for me. But I just think like, if, if I'm not saying like on date one, like fly this person to Paris or something, you know, like, I, I don't mean it like that, but I'm saying like, if you had a great date and you want to text the person first the next day, or you want to set something up, you know, I, I think we all, I, I think we could all use a little more honesty in the, in the dating world, you know? Um, and, Absolutely. I, and I think if, I think if we, Put ourselves out there and allow ourselves to be vulnerable you're gonna get hurt i mean it's a risk there's there's definitely gonna be times where you know there's been time many times where i've like put myself out there and the guy hasn't reciprocated but i wouldn't be true to myself if i like sat there and played games and, and tried to figure things out like that so i get a lot of those messages and i'm just kind of like you know that's that's so like at the surface you gotta go you gotta go a lot lot deeper than that yeah, because I know guy from like a guy's perspective, I know I know a lot of guys who just don't try anymore, mm -hmm. um, especially like just close friends too, because they give up. They're like, hey, I'm not getting that right I want on this app, or I'm not uh, getting the dates, or I'm being rejected on dates. So they literally just give up. Um, and I don't know if that's the right mentality to have, but it's they should also feel like they're important, right? Because what, if you just like give up, like. I feel like it's the saying goes like what's meant for you will come your way. But if mm -hmm. you're at home and you're working a nine to five and you work from home, I mean, you're wasting all those years of your life, just giving up. Right. In, exactly. in my opinion. So I think you should at least go to a bar and make a conversation with even a stranger and increase your social skill game or game. Yeah, or whatever you, I think we call it emotional intelligence. I'm, I'm, emotional uh, intelligence. Yeah. Uh, increase your emotional intelligence understand etiquette understand respect and then you know see try see if you could use that to leverage more dates or score more dates along the way um exactly and and i agree with you i think um you know we all have points where we want to give up like i've i've been doing this a long time and there have been many yeah, yeah. many periods where i'm like oh i just need a break or a reset and and that's okay but in that reset um you know just kind of reevaluate what you want and then get back in there because it, it, that's just what it is. Like you, you really can't give up. I mean, I wouldn't be here if I gave up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think like, that's what I look up to. Cause I saw like, you know, your admiration in the show and I'm like, damn, like she didn't give up. She had a great storyline. She ended it strong. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show like nothing is impossible. You know what I mean? So exactly. I think it, it's always that, um, could I ask you a couple of fire, uh, rapid fire questions. Yeah, that's sure, cool? sure. Let's do it. 
So if money weren't an option, what would you, what would you do with your life every day? Maybe with you and Niraj, but like, what would you guys do? I would, um, you know, I love eliciting emotions in people. So I would, and Niraj and I take acting class together, but I, I would just, What's um, that? I, I would just sharpen up my acting skills and just be in class and, and learn. That's what I would do if I didn't care about money. That's awesome. That's great. And that's like also something like maybe you're passionate about and you already have experience with it. So why not make it a full-time thing, you know? So uh, if you were to live somewhere in a different country, where would it be? Um, I would definitely live in Paris. I would live in France. Awesome. Yeah. There's a reason why you like, like the wine, I, the cheese I, or the. Oh, I mean, I love all of that, but I'm, I, I love fashion. It is my heart. I, you know, it's art to me. Um, and to me, the Parisian women and Paris fashion is the center. Of True. Everything. I mean, it's so effortless. Um, and you know, it's just, the, it makes you feel like you're confident, you're sexy, like all of that, you know? And so I would, I, I, I want to immerse myself in that. If I, could I, I agree. Cause like they have like a very like authentic European way of dressing and it's just like the hats and the scarves and you just see like the, the way they put on the coats and they just look very well, like, well, very well put together and like almost sleek and clean. Yeah. I really love that. I love that. Clean. You said it. That's perfect. Sleek and there clean. You go. Yeah. So I, I love that. Um, what's your favorite food? Uh, peanut butter. Is that a food? Uh, it's a, fa- it's a healthy fat. <laughs> it's a healthy fat so you're good that's my that's my favorite snack <laughs> peanut butter and banana that's like i literally can live off of that for the rest of my life <laughs> my favorite food is probably anything mexican like i'm hardcore indian like i love you know are you a taco bell kind of girl or no i'm not i know i used to like taco okay. bell but i've been I, I get a, I get a lot of shit for that because I'm not I didn't run for the Mexican pizza but I I like um I like, I like authentic Mexican food. Yeah 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 of course like you know just Jose Teas or maybe yeah. like some kind of nice... If I have a hangover yeah I'm gonna order Uber Eats Taco Bell but on a... <laughs> <laughs> only no, if I have a <laughs> Yeah it's always a speed dial away. I've been doing oh, yeah. that recently more too because it's winter. A, I just DoorDash Thai food or. Taco yeah. Bell or something, you know? On, on a hangover day? Oh, hell yeah, of course. And then liquid IV, can't forget that, you know? No, I had a nasty one on Sunday after Halloween, and I was like, what am I going to eat? And that was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I was out all, all night during Halloween until 3 a.m. And, yeah, but and I got back. I think your liver can handle a little better than mine. but <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it is getting tiring, though. I'm not going to lie. but No, I know. know. Oh my God. But never again. And then next week it's back to tequila, right? So trust me. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, I think, I think we're good. I think I have everything I would have asked you. So thank you so much for coming uh, on the show. And I really appreciate your time. Do you have any questions for me as far as uh, mental health or like, I would love to have you on again, just to see, like, catch up on you on your life story. And it'd be awesome to have you and to see if you see any new mental mental health, like, uh, tips, advice, you know, just different techniques too, to cope, you know, it'd be nice to have you on. I I would love to come back. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I guess the, the one thing, I mean, I just, I, I want to ask you, you know, what, what motivates you, what inspires you? Uh, that's a good question. I would say, um, what motivates me? I think I would be my mom. Um, it's more so like, she's like one of my best friends. I know it's not like a mama's boy, but like, Um, oh my god but like it's one of those things where like she's my best friend and uh my confidant um and i kind of feel like 
having her support through all the people I date and all the, um, you know, just like all the South Asian like communities like stigma. I -hmm. think she's very unique as a human being. And I think she's very open to just seeing like the other day we were talking about gay gay rights and just okay. you know kim's convenience we watched that show together and i think she has such an open mind and that's where i get my creativity from so i think it's one of those things where uh you know i i see her as like kind of like a role model and i see her she was like the mom that worked like two jobs growing up so you know it was just one of those things where i find my hard work ethic even though i'm a little overprivileged uh but you know that's that's like my motivation but um, she tells me to be the best I can be. So, you know, I have a work from home job. I'm doing great work-wise, but I always feel like I could create content and mm-hmm. growing up, I'm doing that right now. So yeah. you're making history, you know? So. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. And it's great to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. All right. Uman. Great. Awesome. Cool. See you later. Okay. See ya.